Why is your mouth so small? You got the tonsil stone. There's one in there. Okay, I thought so. And I don't know how to get them out. Oh. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Claws Out Comedy Podcast. Uh, we were just checking in our mouths to see if we had tonsil stones. I don't anymore. And that's congrats to me. I do. You do. I'm related, though. Uh, thank you for being here. I'm Mana. This is my co-host, Carrie Smith. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. I'm really... I'm fine. I'm just fine. I'm sorry to hear about your tonsil stones, but they're like zits. You can just kind of like pop them out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we were going to talk today about adult stuff uh, that came to mind because I was told that I needed to iron our banner, and I don't own an iron, so. Me either. So um, you tried to give me your hints on how to iron it without having an iron? Yeah, so it was either you take it in the shower, not in the shower with you, but like hang it up and then your right. shower, your bathroom's a steam room and it'll steam it out or take a damp towel, throw it in the dryer with the thing, but, um, but don't, but don't, because this explains exactly who we are. Yes, like, it does. I feel like I'm like, today I'm dressed like Garth from Wayne's World, um, well, I gave you, so I have my daddy hat that I got from Wish.com, and uh, I gave you the yes daddy hat. Which is a treasure. My boyfriend won't wear it. He said he doesn't want to be cucked on the internet, but you don't mind, right? Cuck. I, I actually have no problem with being, <laughs> I think I would be the first female cuckold. Like, I'm just like, oh, fine. That's literally less work for me. Carrie Smith paving the way for cucks all over. I don't know that I would be a good, I wouldn't be good at it. I would do it, but I'm just sitting there like, mmm, oh, that's, that wasn't very long, was it? Yeah, I feel like I'd be a very judgmental cuck, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that, I guess really that's just being a voyeur. A cuckold is like, oh, don't quit having sex with my wife in front of me. I'm so emasculated. And I'm like, you can have sex with my wife because I'm not a lesbian. I mean, I want to be, but I'm just not capable. We dressed for it, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, what? We never made the cut. Um, we never made the cut. We never made the cut. So, <laughs> I clean, I cook, I cuck, I do everything for you. So, uh, before before we get into all of my childhood damage about not being an adult and why I'm not, um, I bought this from Wish.com. Hang on, I have a hair stuck in it. So, I know that we have uh, people who just listen on audio, so I need you to describe what's happening when I do this. This is a neckline slimmer, and apparently at 2 a.m. one night, I was like, is my neckline slim enough? And I decided it indeed was not. So, I bought this. So here's what I, when you first pulled it out, I was like, oh, a miniature breast pump. But uh, <laughs> what I'm holding here are the instructions on how to assemble and, in fact, use the neckline slimmer. Yeah, I don't really know how you describe it. I guess it does kind of look like a breast pump, but it has like a little uh, spring-loaded well, chin, chin pad. It does show that you, did you have to assemble this yourself? I did. Okay, it does look show. Look how good I am. It came with a carry bag. How fancy. This is the worst QVC episode. This is. <laughs> These are, and it's like there's nail polish all over the, around my fingernails. I'm like, <laughs> look at this. It's so nice. You have to do the influencer thing where you put your hand behind it. 
so they can mm. see. There you go. This is alcohol. Okay, um, so I haven't actually really used this yet. So do you want to describe what I should be doing? Okay, so here's what it says. Okay. Congratulations I assume this is right. on the purchase of your new neckline slimmer. Thank you. The world's first progressive resistance toner for the neck, chin, and jaw muscles. In just two minutes a day, you will start to feel the difference as your neck muscles tone, firm, and lift. Okay, so neck toning. One, slowly fless, F-L-E-S, the okay, neck. So I've never flessed my neck before. What does flessing mean? Is, uh, this, is that like? I think they meant to say flex. Um, the neck by tilting the head down. <laughs> the instructions so, have a list. <laughs> so put the the pad okay. upon your uh, decolletage <laughs> right there on your okay. little chest. Okay. Right. All okay. Right. And right. then you put your chin on the on the triangular yes. pad. Yes. And then tilt your head up and down. Pause the end of the downward motion for two seconds. So go down two seconds. Tilt up. Wait. Mississippi's? Yeah, Mississippi's. Okay. One Mississippi, two Mississippi, and up. Complete three of ten repetitions each day. What? Rest for five seconds between sets. This seems like more than two minutes a day. This seems like training for blowjobs. Oh, what is this? Is that what it is? Did I buy it? You bought basically... <laughs> Did I buy porn equipment? <laughs> uh, okay, so... Here's the thing is that's just the neck toning. If you want to do the chin and jaw muscle toning, place it in the keep. It's the same instructions. You're just doing more sets. Tips for the best results. Adopt the correct head, neck, and shoulder posture by Which keeping is... your shoulders back and heads up. Uh-huh. Okay. Use the tilting action of the head to flex the neck. Preset the jaw muscles by smiling a little when opening and closing <laughs> the jaw. Oh. You forgot to smile. <laughs> I should, also make I should eye, smile more. Also make eye contact. Uh, and when using the neck slimmer, always hold it firmly in place throughout the exercise so the results are even. Well, you don't want to end up with an uneven neck. Okay, we're going to use all of this footage for an OnlyFans account later because I feel like I just did something dirty for free. Um, um, and there's one sentence for safety. Discontinue use at any sign of jaw or neck pain and consult physician. I, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm never going to consult a physician about my Wish.com purchase. Well, the pictures are weird because at one point the girl's mouth is open, but the thing is in it. So that's strange. Well, I feel like no pain, no gain, right? And if I'm going to have a jacked neck, a jacked, she goes like a jacked this, slim neck. Yeah. And then she goes, ah, and ah. in there. And then she's like this and it's closed. And then she's, okay. Well, anyway, I don't own an iron, and... <laughs> but you do own that. So. I, do, I do own a neckline and slimmer. And the instructions. And so. the instructions, yes. I kept I kept the instructions. It does, has, it does say uh, read all instructions before use, so I'm glad we did. Yes, Daddy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've never owned an iron. I've never learned how to iron. Actually, when I was, uh, when I was 12, I was diagnosed by a therapist as domestically challenged. That's, how can they fucking know that? Because they can't, like, unless they came to your house and that would not be a therapist. That's a welfare check. <laughs> it's a welfare check with a copay, I guess. Yes. So, okay. so what, what happened was my mom told me that she was going to take me, uh, home and I should have known that home doesn't mean home because before when she told me she was taking, oh no, no, no. Okay, so one time she told me she was taking me home and then she took me to the dentist, right? Like she tricked me. She and didn't then, trick you, she lied to you. 
Trick seems more innocent. <laughs> okay. Trick trick seems like less tra traumatic. Uh, <laughs> Here's a treat. You had your teeth taken out. <laughs> instead of a treat, I got a trick. It wasn't trauma. Anyway, so uh, instead of, uh, there was one time where she told me she was taking me to the dentist and she took me to the therapist, which my fault, I should have known because home is the dentist, right? So she took me to a therapist mm -hmm. and uh, they proceeded to tell me that I was domestically challenged because I wasn't cooking for the family three times a week. And I was like, but hang on, <laughs> it doesn't seem like my fault. But anyway, I was diagnosed as- How old were you? I was like 12. And you're supposed to cook for your family when you're 12? Three times a week. What are you, fucking Amish? I'm not Amish. I'm daddy. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, I was diagnosed as domestically challenged. I went home, I made a spike cake. Cause I was like, I can, I can domestic. And so I made a, you know, a cake from a box and I felt very proud of it. But yeah, I lean on that very heavily now whenever anybody asks me to do something I'm like, oh, I would, but I'm domestically challenged, so. <laughs> Um, I had a, I had, I was always told that I would have, I would suffer from arrested development, which is true. Um, which just means I would refuse to grow up. They were like, you're always going to be a little bit behind your peers. And I was like, okay. And, then, and I was like, 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 like I can't learn. Like, no, no, no. You're perfectly capable of learning and, and my grades are fine. Uh, it wasn't like a learning disability. It was just a life disability. So I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. And they were like, yeah, you're never really gonna like, so so I was just really leaned into that and that's why I've like refused. Basically, I'm not gonna grow up as fast as everyone. I'm fucking Peter Pan. I'm Peter <laughs> Pan, but if Peter Pan was like, I'm gonna do mushrooms on the weekends and like fucking. I think I dated that guy. <laughs> I think I dated Peter Pan who did mushrooms on the weekends. That's why you are daddy <laughs> or if you're so Potter and, and, I'm, Potter. I'm, and I'm, I'm, yes, daddy. So before I make this next confession, I do want to say that we're going to have a guest on today who is more adjusted than both of us. Uh, we have Leslie Bing on today, which I'm super excited about. Uh, one of the funniest comedians that I ever met in DFW now, uh, blessing Idaho with her comedic gifts. Um, that being said, before we bring her on, I do want to tell you, I didn't know how to blow my nose until I was a freshman in high school. That's okay. Okay, thank you. I mean, what did you do? So I would just take uh, pieces of toilet paper and stick them in my nose like tampons and just wait until I wasn't stuffy anymore. I never blew my nose. My friend, my friend in uh, my freshman year, my best friend Lily, she had to tell me how to do it. She's like, wait, what are you doing? I was like, waiting. I like that you knew how to use a tampon but not blow your nose. Like you're like, here my yeah, but that's I was raised Catholic. We were always focusing on the wrong holes. I don't know what to tell you. That's funny. Oh my god! And also, since you mentioned it, I did a TikTok live the other day, and this guy kept commenting on my nostrils and how erotic they were, and I was like, "Wow!" First off, thank you. Uh, no man's ever told me that before. But also, I felt a little weird because I was like, "This is this is a moment in a girl's life where they realize that men are interested in a whole different hole." That's just a weird thought that somebody's just like, uh, "You're." That's the whole, those are the holes I'm going to focus on right here because I feel like maybe, maybe right micro, micro issues. Oh, maybe. Maybe it was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to put, <laughs> yeah, that's what I would do if I had a, just, <laughs> if you had a micro dick, you'd fuck my nose. <laughs> I, if I had a regular dick, I would 
No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I don't know. If God, I don't know. If I don't know if I'm relieved you're offended. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. So what? What's something that you didn't know wasn't normal until you met other people? Because there was there were plenty of things in my life where I'm like, oh, that's just how I grew up, and then people were like, wait, what? Um, I would say it still is a challenge for me and and I don't think that I'm alone in this left and right. I still have to do oh, this. The... I still have to do this, but it did take me uh a really long time to even do this. You know what got me? Fictional and non-fictional. I never had the left right problem, but fictional and non-fictional was always a Hmm. I feel like there's something that I'm going to think of it later where I'm like, "Oh yeah, I didn't Cooking was something I didn't master. I was domestically challenged for sure um, until finally, like, I had a roommate that was just like, I can't, I was like, I'll do dishes and you cook. And then she's like, Carrie, you can't feed yourself. Like, there was somebody I dated once that said, I was just worried about you because if I didn't, if I didn't feed you, you weren't going to feed yourself. And I was like, no, See? no, no, I just didn't. I, what I eat is shameful, so I just didn't do it in front of other people. See, I don't think we realize that's, that's when we start realizing that stuff's weird, right? Is when we get roommates. Because my roommate Jason used to cook all the time, and we actually had a video camera that we, we would leave in our apartment. Mm -hmm. And so there's a video camera because we both drank all the time when we were raging alcoholics, obviously, early 20s in Indiana. What are you going to do? Uh, but yeah. there was. <laughs> I didn't do meth. Good for you. High five. Thank you. Um, but there was uh, there was this video camera that we had, and so there we would like review the video every once in a while to like fill in the gaps from when we were both blacked out. Uh huh. So there was a video of me coming home and making a cooking show, and it was just me going, "Everything is edible if you marinate yourself in alcohol first. Uh, and then I made this peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> And then I bit into it and I started crying and just screaming, why is it spicy? <laughs> uh, and then the video right before that was Jason doing his drunk cooking and he was pouring a bunch of chili powder in the peanut butter going, this is going to be great. That's funny. I did the same thing. I had that happen, but I had gone, you know, 7-Eleven, like when you're uh, like broke, 7-Eleven, like their frozen stuff is, it's, it's, for what it is, go to the grocery store. It's cheaper. It's more cost effective. But at the time, you're just like, hey, I'm all about convenience. I'm going to pay, you know, whatever. So I went and I bought um, the chicken wings, which uh, I I thought would be like normal chicken. They're, they're, they're this big. And then there's a bone in there. I will so never eat no food from 7-Eleven. I, I got a fruit cup because I was like going to be healthy today. And when I bit into it, it just tasted like cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. So I did that and I made them. Only the problem was is that I forgot about them so I put them in uh, smoked weed then came back 45 minutes later they only cooked for like 10 minutes and they had turned into little crispy crispy things that were this big and uh, and I had to sit there and explain to my friend who had come over like she's just like hey it was like that it, it was like from clueless or she's like babe you baked and I'm like oh, my bad. and she's like yeah let's just order Domino's I was like that's probably that's probably for the best Pizza won't deliver to our house anymore because uh, one of my old roommates threatened to fight the Domino's delivery guy in the front yard because he said he was voting for Trump. But anyway, being an adult is hard. What's something weird that you didn't know was weird? Tell us in the comments. I don't know. I don't know how to, to comment. <laughs> you don't know how to comment. I just comment. learned how to comment as an adult. <laughs> hey, we got another segment. We got a guest. We do have a guest. 
We're, we need help, so we should bring a guest in. I think it's, I've been meaning to tell you this, I think we should bring in a third. Fine, I'll just watch. <laughs> Hello, thank you, and welcome back to the Claws Out Comedy Podcast. We have here our wonderful guest today, Leslie Bing. Hello, Leslie. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So Leslie and I actually met in DFW when you were doing comedy. When did you start doing comedy? Um, in 2008, I did it for the first time. I watched oh, really? Last Comic Standing, and with all my humility, I was like, I can do that better than they can. <laughs> That's a real and comics so I, mindset. I got into it, and I, and I, never mind. I still think I'm funnier than Amy Schumer stand-up, so. Um, <laughs> And then I kind of took a break because I lived in Abu Dhabi, which is a Muslim country. And I didn't really want to do stand-up in a Muslim country. I didn't feel comfortable. Were you allowed with to do stand-up in a Muslim country? There were no I went to a comedy show one night and the guy like swore and stuff and it made me really uncomfortable. I was like, someone's going to go in and arrest you. Um, but they didn't. And so, no, there were no places to do it. I tried to like organize something with a friend, but it never came into fruition. Like we would do it at someone's house or something. What but... took you to Abu Dhabi? Um, my ex-husband got a job teaching there. So I went and lived there for two years. Okay, that's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. You know, I assume he was not your ex-husband at the time that you moved there. <laughs> What did you say? Sorry. I assume that he was not your ex-husband at the time that you moved there with him. That would have been awkward. Yeah. I mean, I, I Correct. I'm just, Correct you know, we're that amicably time. divorced that we still hang. Like <laughs> We still move overseas I don't know if I've ever loved a person enough to go to Abu Dhabi before. That's, that's very impressive. So where all have you lived? Because I didn't know. So you lived overseas for a while, yeah. right? And so born and raised in Boise, Idaho, which okay. I'm back at. Right. Um, living here again for the first time in 19 years. So, and I came at a really good time. Like, there's a lot of fun stuff to do right now. Um, the snark. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, when I was 18, with about $400 in my bank account, I moved to Texas to Austin, and went to college. And then I stayed there or in the area. I lived like in Bastrop and LaGrange, if you're familiar at all. Um, LaGrange is home of the best little whorehouse in Texas. Okay. I'm a yeah. big, I'm a big Dolly so. and Burt fan, so. That's, that's <laughs> Wait, <dope>. what? <laughs> the, you don't know about the best little whorehouse in Texas? I don't. Okay, we're gonna, have to, a a quick, we're gonna have to take a quick break for an entire film. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is it? It's a movie? <laughs> I haven't no, seen it was any true, of these. It was a film based on a true yeah. story about yeah, a brothel that was in Lagrange. Oh, I haven't and seen. The movie has like Burt Reynolds and he has the mustache, right? Oh yeah. I grew up very sheltered in Catholic school in Indiana. Like I haven't seen the Goonies. Oh, I haven't seen Sandlot. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I grew <laughs> up in Indiana and I grew up watching Oz. So it was like I grew up <laughs> stupid, and it has nothing to do on where I was raised. <laughs> Let me let me I recalibrate based on your testimony. <laughs> we did a, we had a lot of like my parents weren't as bad, but like I had friends who like couldn't watch the Disney movies and stuff because of the magic in them. I don't think so. it even well, I, I was very obsessed with Harry Potter though, so I don't know. I don't know what it was. 
what does upset people is when I tell them what movies I have seen versus what movies I haven't seen. So it's like, I've seen Beverly Hills Chihuahua, but I have not seen Casablanca. <laughs> I don't know. It's a rich life you lead. So we were, we were talking earlier about uh, weird things that we didn't know was weird or like uh, our domestic shortcomings. Do you have anything? Do you have well, any story that hits home? The big thing is how we pronounce words in Idaho. <laughs> like, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to say measure. Like, you measure something. Oh, like, sure. Oh. Like, measure. Yeah. yeah, but we say measure. And I first got started, I got teased about it in Texas. And then I came home and I was like, oh, we all say it. I'm not alone. <laughs> so measure, there's some other weird ones I have to think about. Um, but the, when you guys were talking earlier about like not knowing your left and right, how to figure out that, I sucked my right thumb, <gasps> so I'd always be like, okay, that's my right. Like, <laughs> that's my right hand. Like, which one felt natural? You see, you have nice yeah. teeth, so I, ha I have a hard time believing that you were a thumb. Like, I, I was a lots, thumb sucker. Lots of braces i still okay so this is like a weird thing uh it's a self-soothing thing i think it's a i think the thumb sucking is where the oral fixation started um, yes hey and um i would like hide a pacifier around the house when i was little i did not want to say goodbye to that so this was something oh. that i did until like probably and this is like this is guys i'm getting real intimate with you and yeah you are it's this is this is a humiliating but also um so I would, up until I was like a teenager, I remember being like 15 or 16 and I was like, Carrie, I don't care how bad shit is, you can't do this, it's not okay. And it was, uh, I stuck my thumb in my mouth and then I did this. <gasps> That's what I did too. Uh, and so, Usually it was closer to my eye. Yeah, I'm but... And it was the, the rubbing the bridge of the nose and the thumb suck and then I was like, probably like, you know, you drive a car now, you can't do that. And so that was around the time that I was just like, yeah. I was I was very rare that I did it as a teenager, but I think I was like a very like traumatic moment where I was like, <laughs> I was about I to say, I was yeah. about to say, I've never done anything weird like that. And then my brain shattered at me. You didn't have your own bed till you were 12. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Your own bed? I didn't know. So like I never wanted for toys or anything, but we lived with my grandparents and I slept in my mom's bed or my grandma's bed until I was like 12. That makes me think of like the office and that, the, the, um, the, I forget what her name is. Don't say Erin. Erin. Don't and she say, goes, no, and she I goes, she goes, her. she goes, I know I did, this, I did too. Because she grew up in the orphanage. She goes, she goes, in my foster home, my room was my hair. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, go to your room. She goes, I'm in my room. I think we're all incredibly well adjusted considering our context of upbringing. I think we are too. And you guys said I was like really adjusted and that, yes, that makes Daddy. me nervous for you guys if I'm the adjusted one here. Correct. Oh, you should be. That is the proper way to feel. <laughs> so you've lived in Abu Dhabi and Texas and Idaho. Anywhere else in between? Oh yeah, South Dakota. I lived two That's years. Right. I'm sure you've heard of it, Aberdeen, South Dakota. <laughs> We've all been there. The hot spot the, for sexual activity, the other, Aberdeen, the South other Dakota. Whorehouse, the best whorehouse <laughs> in South Dakota. Um, so that was actually a really interesting experience. Like, first of all, snow. It would snow, like, 
mid-December, like four feet, and then it was just there until March. It, it just never snow went away. In Idaho? Um, South Dakota. No, 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 but, but I'm like, Idaho has snow? Oh, uh, Boise's in a valley, so we don't get that much snow. Oh, okay. We had like a snow apocalypse like four years ago when I didn't live here, but it, it's very rare. The only thing I know about Idaho are potatoes, right? That's that's the extent of my knowledge of Idaho is. Well, that's good because we're they also have potatoes and Leslie. the Aryan Nation. Oh, so. fun! So how's your dating yeah. life been in Idaho? Uh. <laughs> oh man, I actually met my my experience with dating like a um, neo Nazi. I had that chance in in South Dakota. I like how I you presented it. You framed it like I had the opportunity. Wow. Yes. Blessed, he presented it to me um, when I was doing comedy mm. at a bar called Slackers. So if you're ever in Aberdeen, South Dakota, you got to go to Slackers. Girl. And this guy yelled out, I think I said a joke about Trump. And this guy yelled out, you better be careful. You got a room full of Nazis. And I go, well, I know who I'm going home with tonight. And then one <laughs> of them came up to the microphone to invite me over. Wow. to his household and thankfully the two owners of the bar escorted him out <laughs> that's um and then later on the same guy sang a song about how he'd been in prison wait like a like had... a self-written production wow like he wrote and sang a song yeah. that okay yeah i, I appreciate your original content it was like it was like a big like middle finger to the person who routed him out that got him into prison wow so, he sounds sensitive yeah I felt safe that night, you know? <laughs> so you did, you also told me that you got a letter from another guy in prison, right? Unrelated to this yeah. previous person. Yeah. Oh, so man. this was like, one was out of prison, one was currently in prison. So I was in a South Dakota magazine. Thank you for magazine. establishing the difference. Well, you were in a South you. Dakota magazine. Yeah. And apparently it made it to a Montana prison. Wait, so what were you in the magazine for? about comedy like I was like one of the only female comedians I could find in South Dakota <laughs> my shocked face uh, <laughs> and so somehow it made it to Montana and the the owner of the bar slackers um messaged me one day and was like you have a letter here and it's from a prison and I was like well you have to open that because I don't know what it is and he was very nervous to open it which I understand and he was like, oh, it's just the fan who found you. And the, the, the article mentioned the bar that I was at, so they sent it directly to the bar. So I have a boyfriend now. <laughs> what did he say in the letter? Was he just like, I don't, was he a fan? I don't, like he I, I don't think comedy? he took a picture of the, I haven't read the letter. Um, I should have had him take a picture. I don't know why I didn't. I think I was a little weirded out. But it wasn't like That's a valid feeling. But but I'm curious, like was the, like was he like, hey, I'm a big fan of your YouTube material I've seen because they can access computers in prison if they're if they're well behaved, or was it just like, hey, yeah. I've been beating off to your picture from that magazine. Probably probably the latter. Girl. Yeah. But also flattering. Yeah. You are totally. so, I guess. You are so lucky to be getting that kind of attention. Like I would I kill know. for that kind of attention. I know. Well, then I looked up the guy's name, and all I could find with that last name in Montana was someone who had killed another inmate. Oh, wait. But he had to have already been. He had to have already been there, right? Right. Yeah. 
So now he has like a second sentence for killing one of his fellow inmates. Like, you took my socks, Gary. <laughs> okay. Socks are a big commodity in prison, I hear. Hell yeah. Anything in the commissary. Also, they it's it's pricey. Stuff is pricey in the commissary. And socks, they don't they don't you think that they're one size fits all? Nope, they got a lot of little different little piggies they gotta cover, you know, little tootsies. Tell us about prison life, Carrie. I'll tell you. <laughs> I was in jail for 45 minutes once, so I'm, I think I know a lot about, a lot about prison life. You should probably write a book. <laughs> My 45 minutes in jail. <laughs> a harrowing tale of being the only girl in Plano downtown jail for not paying a parking ticket or some shit. And then they were finally like, you're such a fucking pain in the ass, leave. And I was like, okay, thank you. I'm sorry for all the, the passive aggressive comments I made. And you took my Viagra. So there was that. <laughs> okay. You had Viagra? I had Viagra on me when I got arrested and the cop did me a favor and he took it and he pocketed it. We all have a lot of layers. We have so we many. Do. We so, do. yeah. So, so you were in Abu Dhabi. You started comedy in 2008. When did you start consistently doing comedy? And what was your first time doing comedy like? Um, the first time, like in 2008 when I did it, it went really well. Like you're not supposed to do very well on your first time. And it did, but I like, I mean, I had that set down. Like I practiced it and I practiced it and I practiced it and I practiced it. Where was it? When, and it paid off. It was at Cold Town in Austin. Okay. That's awesome. And then um and then I really started back up again in 2015 and it was at Arlington Improv. Like uh -huh. that was the only I looked up like open mics and that's the one I found. Mm -hmm. And so a friend and I we kind of were like, hey, we set a date and we we're like, we're gonna do it. And then we both worked on our sets and then he he flopped and I did not. So nice. That was nice. He's not getting letters from prisoners. So you, exactly. Uh, so you With started consistently. Like you started consistently doing it in 2015. Um, yeah. What? How did we meet? It was um like. I feel bad that was, I don't remember. Uh, what's that Fairmount? That what that neighborhood's called? Yeah. Right, Fairmount. Fairmount. Which one is Fairmount? I don't know. So like down off of you know in Fort Worth. Yeah. It was like an art party that some friends had invited me to, and there was a band, and you were like the MC. I think you had a bad experience. Like, I think they didn't pay you or something. Was it at shipping and receiving? Maybe so. A guy tried to not pay me because yeah. I did not respond to him on Tinder. Okay. I didn't realize that that was where we had met. Yeah, no, I just remember Leslie always being in my life. You're one of those people where I was like, oh, yeah. we've just been friends forever. Of course I know Leslie. Of course I know <laughs> Leslie Bing. I feel like we had met at Hyenas, I think. That sounds right. Yeah. I think so. And then yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like at an open mic and I was, as usual, drunk. And I was like, I just want to tell you that I really liked your son and you're so cute. <laughs> And then you're like, mmm, thanks. <laughs> so yeah, so what, totally can, down. what can you tell us about doing comedy in different places? Because you've been to so many different places. All of those places um, that you've been are very different from each other, not just geographically, but culturally. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I mean, it was the most fun in Texas because that you have so many opportunities. Like I here in Boise, I mean, everything's been closed since I moved back. So I haven't been able to do it in six months. Um, and I keep thinking like, we're about to open and I don't need to do anything online. We're about to open. So I'm going to have to start doing online stuff like you lovely ladies. Um, South Dakota, it was rough. Like you couldn't get a ton of people to come. So trying to get the audience involved, it was at a bar. So like half the people were like having their own conversation on one part of the bar and, um, and then just not a ton of people. And the comics were very interesting. You know, people talk a lot of trash about bar shows, but bar shows are what make you better, right? Because yeah. when you have to earn the attention, it feels yes. so much more rewarding, right? So it it's says true. a lot, it says a lot that you made it into the newspaper or the magazine, right? In, yeah. in a state where you had to really earn your voice. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's definitely something to be proud of. That's awesome. And then we had, had like a super, I kept, I, I heckled one of my comedians as I was hosting it. I know that's so bad. It's hard not to. super racist and I couldn't take it. In a Nazi bar? <laughs> oh. I did not see that coming. What? That's Okay. This you. doesn't, this doesn't track. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, Texas was my, was my favorite. I did a lot at Arlington Improv because I was comfortable, like that's where I started and before I like knew a ton of people. And then I started branching out and doing other locations. Um, Boise, I've done it like on vacations when I've been here and they have a really good crowd. Um, you know, it's always hit or miss with, with open mics, like how good of oh, yeah. what you're going to hear. <laughs> my, uh, well, oh, in Aberdeen, my sister decided to come one night and this guy usually did spoken word poetry and he decided he would try comedy. Of course. Exactly. And it was, um, not funny. Sure. And a little <laughs> scary. It's... He talked about how we should um, hang our governor from a tree. Ooh. That was a little weird. And then was like laughing and the rest of us were like, I don't, what's funny? It's so hard doing like mixed variety mics because like a poet can get up and say all this sad stuff about their mother and everyone goes, oh, you're so brave. Yeah. But then I go up and I say the same stuff and I'm like, no, but laugh now. <laughs> Right. But it's funny, right? <laughs> well, that's kind of how I started was like in a mixed, uh, mixed, it was, it was, uh, run by clowns and it was, um, poetry. What? Yeah. Yeah. By literal clowns. But literally run by clowns. And then, um, anybody could go up and perform whatever it was. And also everybody had to be supportive. So it wasn't necessarily I mean, something that made open me. open stage? Hell yeah, it was open stage. <laughs> And so it didn't make me better. It I did just, that too. You get hugs after. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the best part was was that nobody was allowed um, to be not supportive, to be not supportive, or to criticize, except for the clowns. And um, yeah. And so they would say uh, afterwards, uh, any, and so everybody thought that they had a special talent. And so like somebody would go up and acapella sing, which oh god, nobody should ever do unless no. 
yeah, I can't think of a circumstance where you should be able to do unless you're like a professionally trained opera singer or Celine Dion. Don't acapella. And uh, and so if somebody would go up and they would do it, and then everybody's like, oh, that was amazing. <laughs> Let me give you a hug. And then they're like, I knew it all along. I'm very talented. So when I'm freaking out because I didn't know that you had also done that. Uh, I paid ten dollars to perform yeah. for those people who refused to take my video down. Uh, that I didn't agree to being public. So have you ever done open stage while you were here? It was in Plano. No. Oh my God. So you paid, you paid them $10. It started off in Richardson and then it was at Celebration. Right. Celebrations in Plano. Sorry. Everything is Dallas to me. I'm not from here. It feels like, it feels like when kids take a piece of duct tape down the middle of their room, you're like, okay, you're the same. It's the same. We sleep in bunk beds, you fuck. (laughs) So... Uh, it was this place, uh, they had a big whiteboard when I first walked in and you had to agree to take a happy pill. And I said, oh no, thank you. I've already had lithium today. And they said, no, it's imaginary. And I said, oh, well in that case, still no thank you. (laughs) And they made you like mime taking a happy pill before you went in. And then, yeah, very, so so you're not doing that in South Dakota and Idaho is what you're telling me. (laughs) No, there's no, there's no happy pills. <laughs> I might just Nazis, to... no happy pills. Yeah, you have Nazis. you have Nazis. We have clowns. Same, yeah, same shit. We all have our very. We all have our We all have our struggles. Yes. <laughs> so what has that been weird? What has been the hardest part for you? Because uh, you you started over a couple times. So when I moved from Indiana to Texas, I started over, but it was it was refreshing because it was this blank slate. So do you get anxiety when you start over or is it exciting because you get to be whoever you want to be? And I think it's exciting. Um, I like, like I, I like new beginnings. I think that's probably why I move all the time. Um, and I, I don't really get anxiety about being on stage though. So, yeah, no, I like that. I like the rush of, um, well, I like people knowing who I am, so I like, like, you know, oh, well, I do stand-up, and then they're like, oh, where do you do it? Come to Slackers the last Sunday of the month. Um, so, yeah, no, not anxiety, excitement. That's good. That's exciting. Yeah. So are you planning on staying in Idaho? Well, I mean, this is why I avoided coming back for so long, because I'm afraid once I move here, I don't move away, but... It's hard to imagine not ever moving again. So just don't let my family see this and find that out. <laughs> my sister's like, yeah, you're never, you're never moving again. This is, this is permanent. <laughs> okay. So, so what has been the most difficult thing for you in comedy so far? Cause you've been doing it since 2008. I didn't know that you'd been doing it since 2008. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, men. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yep. Specifically, um, them throwing themselves at you, like what? Yeah, the the prisoners who are infatuated with you. Or... Right. Well, um, the 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 creepy men at the shows, um, other male comedians who think they have really good advice for you, um, being hit on when you don't want to be. Yeah, the men. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So speaking speaking of, I do have um, some bad news. Uh, you're a man. <laughs> no. 
You caught me. I'm a miss. Well, I do. That does make me want to turn my. I feel like I feel like you're, you've got an Ash Ketchum vibe going on, and I want to catch that vibe too. I feel like. Well, what I was going for was like the whole like girls can play baseball. Um, but really, it just came out like they were like, oh, I haven't showered. Um. So here's the here's the here's what I have to tell you. Okay. And thank you for telling her because I don't want to. I know. I know. This part's hard for me. You're dying. Yeah, and uh, you have now three minutes to live. So before you leave this world, this is the last recording of you. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've been given? The worst piece of advice you've ever been given? And lastly, what wisdom would you like to impart on the world before you depart? This is, this is what we like to call the just the tips segment. Oh yes, that's right. Just the tips. Okay. Worst advice I've ever been given was anything my students in Texas said to me. I was a high school teacher and high schoolers think they know a lot and they give you lots of advice and it's always terrible. Sure. Um, and so you kind of just, I don't have anything specific, but basically everything they said to me, um, they would try to like, they thought they should like hook me up with their like uncles and stuff. And then they'd be like, well, he's getting out of jail soon. There's um, something about you that something about you that know, says right? prison wives. You <laughs> seem you seem for like you are you are reformative. You have prison wives season two coming at you. <laughs> um, the best advice I've ever been given was from my high school newspaper teacher that I did not follow. That she wrote in my like graduation card to only have one credit card and pay it off every month. And that has not been what I've done. That's very practical advice, though. I wish I had been given any <laughs> practical advice like that. Yeah. They taught us how to square so, dance. They didn't teach us how to <laughs> balance a checkbook. And then what else am I dead yet? No, you're, you're not, not dead yet. You have about yet. one minute until, so, you, until you perish. What would you, oh, my what advice would you to the, um, keep trying new things because... I'm a, so I don't know if you're, in, I don't know if you've ever heard of Enneagrams. Yes, yeah. I do the workshop. Okay, we talk about this all the time. It. What's your type? Uh, seven. Me too. Oh shit, I'm a four. <gasps> I love fours. I have so many fours in my life. We hate ourselves. Yeah, of course you're a seven, Anna. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it comes from being a seven that you just are like, yeah, just keep doing new stuff. Like don't, don't get stuck in a rut. Well, that makes sense. You're a comic, so you're an entertainer. Right. Well, I think that the way you live your life is very true to how you feel. So thank you for leaving that advice behind, and I'm so sorry you're dead. How can we follow you on social media after your unfortunate demise? Yes. Um, go leave eulogies at uh, Bing Comedy is what I am on TikTok and Instagram. And uh, well, unfortunately, we lost Leslie today. I'm glad it was with us and not some of those dudes in prison. It's true. She gets a lot of dudes in prison that are attracted to her. Lucky bitch. <laughs> what did you have a joke about prison, right? Oh yeah, if you can have uh, if you can't handle me at my worst, you That's don't deserve me at my best. I'm like bitch, if you can handle me at my worst, you're already in prison. I'm from Florida. <laughs> uh, why is your mouth so small? Uh, 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 Ah. Yeah, you got the console stone. Oh. There's one in there. Okay, I think.
thought so. And I don't know how to get them out. Oh. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. 